start these podcasts welcome we just to say our names Watch. right i think we say welcome to bros watch payload too no i think we just say our names on this one i feel like we always put the title of the podcast first <laughs> no that's on headcanon okay anyway hi i'm Pitch run light and i am marco sparks and welcome to bros watch pll2 we, this week we're doing a rewatch of s2e10 touched by an angel we thought uh it was time yeah Better little summer vacation, but uh, it's time to do a rewatch. Also, I feel like it echoes a lot of people who are fans of the show, but we fucking missed talking mm-hmm. about PLL. Absolutely. Uh, this episode's written by Mike Goldsmith and Charlie Craig, which is notice- notable because he is the co-showrunner for Season 7. Mm-hmm. So good to check in, see what he was up to, and directed by the maestro, Chad Lowe. The Maestro's got some touches here. There's some. Uh... There's actually a lot of camera movement in this. I was a little surprised by it. Yeah. So before we begin, anything to discuss? Uh, before we begin, no. You? Well, we're gonna try a little bit of a different format for this podcast. Um, I don't know how this is gonna work. This might suck. We're going to try to, there's some scenes in PLL that, you know, we typically recap every single line of dialogue. There are some scenes that are kind of workmanlike, moving stuff along that maybe don't need a full recap. Yeah. Um, you know, this is something we, we're aware of as, we, as we've done the podcast. So we want to see if maybe some of these scenes we can just kind of summarize and move along to the more fun ones. Um, yeah. I, I know some people love when we break apart every single little detail, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how this goes. Maybe people will like it. Maybe they'll hate it. And the difference is essentially just that we're not going to be giving you every line of dialogue from every single scene. We'll still talk about the scenes. Mm-hmm. We'll still go through the pertinent information. Um, it'll still be a four and a half hour episode, guys. I mean, mm-hmm. Come on. We're verbose. I don't think this one's going to be that long, but <laughs> if if it works, we're thinking about doing this for season seven, just yeah. because I think it would make it uh, easier for us to do the notes, and I think it's just uh, better, more quality content rather than listening us like run a scene that doesn't really need the the sort of uh, breakdown that we're giving it. Yeah. So yeah. we'll see. Um. So probably just using the the previously on package, I just want to. Paint a context for everyone where we are in season two. Uh, a has been dosing Emily with HGH at this point through her Pain cream. cream. <laughs> yeah. Ezra teaches at Hollis. Arya loves it, except Jackie Molina is there and she's evil and it's amazing. Uh, also, Jason is into Arya and he may or may not have been taking photos of her while she was sleeping. Uh, Mike has been breaking and entering the houses. He's been he's been going through some serious shit on his they own. He got arrested. Yeah. Yeah. And this is right before he spends a half season in bed. Uh, Hannah's dad is getting married soon to Isabel, and her daughter Kate will soon be Hannah's stepsister. And the liars have the videos, especially the videos of Jenna raping Toby. They do, yeah. Uh, the the bit I loved from the previously is that when they find the videos, and it's like, oh my god, these are photos of Arya. They're all Arya. That's like the <laughs> the stinger. So we're going to uh, join the liars. Uh, it's Arya sitting at a table in the cafeteria at school. Emily comes over with a tray with some cereal. 
It's like morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Arya is really selling that empty coffee cup. She she does the move where it looks like she like like swallows too quickly and mm-hmm. coughs mm-hmm. the fake water or fake coffee that she's drinking. It's great. When she accepts her award as the Meryl Streep of the Empty Cup Awards, mm-hmm. I hope the trophy is just a giant empty cup. Or maybe it's a giant full cup of coffee. I think it should be empty. I don't know. Either way, I just want to see Lucy Hale like in a nice dress, just trying to like tote that thing around. Um, yeah, so it's it's morning. Uh, Emily's there because swim practice B- BTW that we'll find out about later. Um, so Emily walks up and uh, oh, do you want to do the dialogue? I think we could. I'll be Arya. Two handers. Okay, you will be Arya. <laughs> <laughs> so Emily walks, sits down. She says, "Why is your phone turned off? I was trying to reach you all night." I'm sorry, I was avoiding someone's call. Which, just sidebar, do people do this? They just turn off their phones when they want <laughs> Like, that seems extreme. Yeah. I need to talk to you about Jason. Well, I need to talk to you about Jason. Over-the-shoulder check. He kissed me. Aria? I know, it was a mistake. Look, I was trying to find a way to tell you guys. I totally don't know how to tell Ezra. Wait, do I even tell him? Aria, Jason had pictures of you. Creepy pictures. What? Spencer and I found a dark room in his woodshed. He developed photos of you sleeping. Sleeping? Sleeping or drugged. Okay, well, I'm officially terrified. Which is a perfect opportunity for Spencer to sit down. Spencer, like, teleports out of Emily's hair. So, like, she's suddenly just like, whoop, she's right there next to her. Um, And she says, good! (laughs) Also, I just have to mention, like, Arya turned that conversation to Ezra in, like, lightning speed. Mm -hmm. Emily was like, what the fuck just happened? We were talking about Jason, now we're talking about you, that's right. What? Every fucking time. <laughs> so Spencer's just like, good, okay? It's about time. And for the record, I never bought Jason's whole act. Hanging around here, pretending to be concerned about at-risk youth, using your brother to get to you. Hold on. You really did help, Mike. So he could get in your house. And then Emily says, and kiss you. Spencer's, Spencer's like, like, wait, what? <laughs> Arya just looks at her like, god damn it, Emily. Emily's just like sad face. So Spencer says, you know, Spencer's like now. Emily and Spencer are now facing off against Arya. I love the 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 blocking here. Those people are setting up like college shit in the background, and the blocking is intentional because Emily and Spencer are across the table facing off against Arya, and Spencer's just like, "You're kissing him now." No, he kissed me. Thanks, Em. I really need that on top of everything else. And Spencer says, "Arya, he's dangerous." Arya's like. Fine, fine. I, I gotta go. She gets in front of her. She's very flustered. Takes off. I. This is so perfectly Arya. Like she, she hates being confronted with the idea of older men taking advantage of her. Yeah. Because she, she needs the narrative to be that she's in control in these situations. Yeah. And so, on, on top of just the the weirdness of Jason kissing her, now she has to face this idea that like, oh, you got played, girl. Uh, total side note. I'll talk about it at the end. I, uh, if you saw the uh, social media, I got to go see Joseph Doherty's play yesterday. The uh, mm-hmm. only reason I'm bringing it up here is because there's so many great lines in it, but one that I, I adore is, if there's one thing a reality can't abide, it's competition. <laughs> which is... That's Aria. It's so Aria. That's so Aria. Um, yeah, who do you want to be now? <laughs> uh, I'll be Spencer, I guess. Cause, okay. Yeah, Aria takes off. Emily's just like rubbing her temple. It's like two earlier in the morning for the shit. And Spencer yeah. says, did you know about this? I knew that they were connecting, but I promised I wouldn't say anything. 
Yeah, it's okay. Sometimes you have to hurt someone to help them. <laughs> and in the background, the, the same voice actor as always is like, the sign-ups for the college fair will be held all day in the cafeteria. And Emily's like, so ready for the college fair? <sighs> no, I'm not staying. I promised I would help pack up the recipe and stuff before Melissa gets home. Toby's going to help me. And Emily's like, so it's a table for one. Sorry. <laughs> Sad Emily. Spencer bails. Emily opens up her cereal box of alphabets there and pours it out, pours some milk. She's about to take a bite when, oh, all the letters on my spoon are A's. Uh, this is one of my favorite A pranks, by the way. Like, how, how did Mona do this? It's genius. Yeah. Emily dumps the box out on her tray. It's all A's. There's a little, like, prize thing that she opens up. It's a paper message that she unrolls. It says, the weak link is the easiest to break. Snapping yet? A. I mean, that's just some classic PLL shit right there. Yeah, well, Emily, Shane Mitchell apparently goes back and forth between, oh, shit, and oh, fuck my life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's we're catching up in the middle. Like, her life is really shitty in this episode. Like, she's in the doldrums. Well, is Emily's life ever, like, except yeah. for a few, few, like, brief uh, uh, plateaus, is it ever not shitty on the show? Well, I feel like none of the other liars really notice it. Yeah, it's true. I mean, to the point where, like, Therapy Anne has to notice it, but yeah. Well, she's so busy taking care of everyone else, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the logistics, I'm sure, I didn't go back and listen to our original episode. I'm sure we were just, <laughs> me especially, were mystified by the logistics. My assumption now, with no idea what the fuck I said before, would be that Mona's probably been stocking the school's alphabets with all A boxes for months now. <laughs> Oh, see, I figured it was more just like a slate of hand. Like she just like, like bumped Emily. You know, oh, whoops! Walking sorry, by or excuse something me. Like that. Yeah. Hey, look at that. We're both eating alphabets. Anyway, I, later. I feel like Mona could definitely pick a pocket. Like I think she's that good. You know, the detail that would make Mona's tricks really work is if she was good at some kind of short form hypnosis. Oh, that would just be OP. Yeah. Um, make her job too easy. Yeah. Because <laughs> being an omnipotent cyber ninja. Mm -hmm. You want the work. Just think about Mona hypnotizing Arya. Oh, shit. I mean, is that thus, even possible? And thus, all my fanfiction begins. Uh, mm -hmm. So after the credits, we were you know, after commercial there. We're in the Mary Kitchen. There's some OG credits there. Yeah, the original credits. So Arya's always the shusher. As it should be! <laughs> yeah, so uh, this next scene, I'll just summarize. It's Hannah and Ashley in the Marin Kitchen. Yep. It's the usual Marin girl breakfast routine, mm -hmm. making coffee, getting breakfast. Uh, there, uh, Hannah's joking about Emily sitting by the pool, hoping someone will push her in. She like leaves early every day because she's just sad and pathetic. Uh, it's got some great lines. Yeah, Ashley offers to give Emily a free like massage pass to like Fair go to some massage. And Hannah's like scoffing all this, and Ashley says, "Hannah, have Hannah compassion." And Hannah says, "I have it, just not in the morning." Yeah. Uh, we get some mail from uh, Hannah's dad. There's a card in there. Ashley's kind of like fishy and wants to know what's up between Hannah and her dad. Uh, the card says that Hannah's going to be the br a bridesmaid. And Ashley's impressed by this, but Hannah kind of blows it off. And Ashley's like, "Oh, it's a big deal." And Hannah's like, "Ah, oh, you know, weddings aren't a big deal. They're dumb." And some conversation about Hannah watching the uh, royal wedding there, mm -hmm. getting up at like four in the morning or something. Jeez. And 
then uh, Ashley tells Hannah, you know, don't be concerned about Ashley's feelings. Like, this is a big deal, you know. So Hannah's going to try. And Hannah wants to stay home from school because it's college fair day. But her mom glares at her. So she's like, fine. Gets out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, Analysis-wise, I don't know if there's a ton to say here. I mean, I, Hannah try to be the good girl for her mom, basically. she You can tell she doesn't want to be a bridesmaid, but... Yeah. And so then the next scene. We... Well, it's it's just funny to think that there was a time when you could only afford like two parents <laughs> or whatever. Like, like that was the budget was two parents. And, like, Isn't it always been that way though? I mean, except for like rare occasions. Yeah, I guess so. But like this is you know the first of two scenes mm-hmm. that uh, Ashley gets. Anyway, yeah. So meanwhile, the, at the school, God, I missed the high school. Uh, Ari's like walk through the school hallway. She stops in her tracks, went up and she sees Jason counseling some dude, which. Just, just laying on that fucking Jason DeLaurentis wisdom. Well, you could, he's like, you know, he's counseling him because he's got like a hand on the guy's shoulder. Like, yeah. it's going to be okay, bro. Yeah, it gets better, bro. Uh, hashtag. Uh, Jason looks over and then he sees Arya and he's just ecstatic to go talk to the, the high school girl he has a crush on. Oh, can we talk about Arya's outfit now? Please, God. Yes. <laughs> this thing, it's, um, I'm not sure if this is like some sort of jumper overall situation or if it's like, like a skirt down below. Uh, but it's some sort of weird high-waisted thing, and then she has like a gray t-shirt on underneath it that has little black silhouettes of mice on it. With some red mice. With some red mice, which I feel like is directly telling us that Arya's A. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's such a a visual representation of the A game, you know? Yeah, yeah. The the, the mini black mice and then the, the self-aware red mice, yeah. Or just, you know, in general... Arya is running a mousetrap of her own. Mm-hmm. So she and, walks uh, over here to... here comes the big yeah. cheese himself. Uh, yeah, Arya marches over, takes the initiative, and she's just like, can I talk to you? And he's like, yeah. Or, hey, yeah, look, I wanted to talk to you. Why do you have those pictures of me? I love how she's so assertive. Like, she's just, like, not going to beat around the bush. And yeah. Jason's like, what? Well, nice slow whip around. That from her mm-hmm. face to get Jason's reaction, and she says, uh, "My friend said they found pictures that you took of me sleeping. How did you even take them? Did you like climb a ladder up to my window?" And Jason's like, "Wait, your friends broke into my dark room." And she's Aria, just... I love this. She's like, "So what? The point is, they found the photos. Photos you didn't want found." <laughs> and he does this move where he like walks past her, like uh-huh. this is uh, this is his struggle now. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, man, I swear, this town never changes. It's like, fuck off, Jason. <laughs> and he's like, people would rather sneak behind your back than ask you a question. And Ari's like, no, fuck that. I'm asking you a direct question. Why did you take them and when? And he says, I didn't. Allie did. Mm-hmm. And Ari says, why would Allie take pictures of me sleeping? <laughs> Jason's like, why wouldn't she? <laughs> and he's like, got me. I don't know what goes on at sl- at slumber parties, which so condescending. Oh, and also it's bullshit because uh, we all know you were spying on their slumber parties. So yeah, I think you, you know exactly a- what goes on. <laughs> and Jason says they found a roll of film in the in the house, so he developed it. Uh, and I like how Arya like she's definitely like she wasn't expecting this. She's a little thrown, but she's still trying, you know, to like be assertive here. She says, okay. Why were all the pictures missing when my friends went back there? Spencer said the whole dark room is gone. And he's like, oh, the equipment's expensive. So I moved it to the house until I could get a new lock. And the prints were gone because I was having them framed as a gift for you. 
<laughs> you can just see the wheels turning in Arya's brain right now. She's like, hmm. On the one hand, this sounds like massive bullshit. On the other hand, receiving a gift of a photo of myself, that is very thoughtful. <laughs> what a great gift to give to anyone. Uh, yeah, so she's just like, oh. And Jason's like, so, anything else you want to accuse me of? And she's like, Jason, you have to admit, this all looks really bad. And he's like, yeah, I can see that. But he says it with, like, contempt for her. So yeah, like it's, like it's her fucking fault. Yeah, yeah. So Jason leaves, heading one way. Arya walks off in the other way. But we see there, in the corner, behind some opaque glass, that's the fucking Jenna thing. She just heard all of this. <laughs> yeah, we see her cane slide out, and the camera moves in. And it's kind of like, it's like glass that like has like weird like vertical like distortions in it, so you can kind of see through it. And that's definitely like her like creepy glasses and whatnot behind the the glass. Yeah, can't wait to have her back. Well, like I miss blind Jenna. So, so Jason's whole defense is like, look, teenage bitches be crazy. Also, my dead but omnipotent sister was taking voyeuristic photos of you while you were sleeping or potentially drugged, which is a pretty intense violation. So I'm going to remind you of that constantly and try to turn it into a romantic gesture. Not like, hey, Ari, I found this uh, roll of film that I guess Allie took. It's got all these weird pictures of you. Uh, I don't know if you want them or not. Like, no, like, oh, I'm just going to develop them in private and like frame them and give them to you as a present. Yeah. Sounds legit. Sounds perfectly Jason. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so elsewhere, uh, Ella runs into Dr. Sullivan, Dr. Ann Sullivan. Uh, Dr. Sullivan is there to talk with the principal about an upcoming presentation, which will happen in the next episode. Um, also, Annabeth Gish is clearly three feet taller than Holly Marie Combs in this episode. <laughs> She's so much taller. And I feel like she grows for a foot every minute the scene continues from the way it's shot. So anyway, Ella wants to talk about Mike. Mike is 14. After being caught by the cops, he's withdrawn. He won't come out of his room. Dr. Sullivan doesn't want to see him because she doesn't re recommend siblings seeing the same therapist, but also Arya is like a nightmare of lightning in a bottle, and you can't handle that twice. But she'll recommend some folks, and that will have to do. You remember when Mike was like, yeah, I've been looking for a gun. Find, find a way out of here. And Arya's like, yeah, but what about this pottery? Yeah. Yeah. She's like, whatever. That went right over my head. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Therapy Ann's going to refer a therapist for Magic Mike. Next scene, we get uh, Arya at school in the hallway. She smiles when she sees Ezra like in the school quad helping mm -hmm. out with his college fair. But then, ooh, that smile dies because Jackie Molina is there with him. He's walking to the car with this box full of shit, and students are like, hey, Mr. Fitz. Yeah. And he's like stopping and shaking hands like he's... Just like the returning like star. Yeah, Arya marches over to, him to welcome him back to her queendom. I don't know if if male students would be a fan of Mr. Fitz. I don't know. What's your take on that? Do you think they're like, Mr. Fitz is like a bro? Or I kind of feel like like, like at least at our high school, that, that one teacher that everyone kind of knew was like with a student. The guys didn't really like him. Um, yeah, uh. I think the thing is, is that even if you're not consciously aware of it, there is an idea of authenticity that you that you can latch on to in a teacher. And so that particular teacher you're referring to mm -hmm. was the fakest piece of shit of all time. That um, too. But I, I do feel like there's something I remember this as a teenager, like the older dude, like scamming on, on your fellow high school students. It's like, hey, man, fuck off. Like, 
go go swim in your own pool kind of thing. Well, it wasn't just that. It was that if you're not part of that romantic whatever, you have some remove that kind of allows you to see it for what it is, which mm-hmm. is typically pretty pathetic. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Which is all which to say, I don't believe these dudes would be like wanting to shake Ezra's hand. Maybe he's just like affirming to most students, except for that one dude that he like treated like shit just to impress <laughs> Arya. <laughs> yeah. He's like, hey, jackass, you got an opinion? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. So so Jack Millian shows up. She's with Ezra. They can be overheard talking as they're getting some more box from Ezra's car. Ezra says something, and Jackie says, well, you know the student body better than I do. LOL. Um, well, she does a move where he, she, he has all these, like, or he, she has all these, like, lanyards for Hollis College, and she hangs them all around his neck, and it's like, you know, a little too much touching there as she kind of pats his shoulders and whatnot. Arya is watching all this from across the quad, dying yeah, it's like inside. she's knighting him on a quest or mm-hmm. something. Like, like you will deliver Spain from bondage or whatever. Uh, yeah, so Jackie and Ezra head off to the cafeteria. Arya grits her teeth, walks away. I like that Jackie passes a sign that says, Don't stand up, speak up. <laughs> um, so I cut to another school hallway. There's uh, Emily... We're walking and Hannah catches up with her. Uh, Hannah can't stay long. She wants to hands off this massage coupon. She's not checking out colleges because Hannah has to go do bridesmaid dress fitting instead. Emily doesn't want to acknowledge that she's hurting still, but Hannah mentions that Emily can't even turn her head, so use the fucking coupon for the massage. It's like a 90-minute massage, yeah. That's, yeah, seriously. Would uh, that so be Hannah- good for you if you had an injury? I don't know. I feel like you'd want to consult your sports doctor before you do something like that. Seriously. Yeah, so Hannah bounces off because Mona's waiting for her outside. Emily goes to her locker. Uh, she has to listen to the obnoxious swim team. Folks just hanging out and being best friends and shit, and it drives her nuts. Well, this whole episode is just like, wah, poor yeah, Emily. Your life ba- sucks. It's basically cold outside, and she's staring in through the window to the warm heart or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, tries to open her locker. I guess she forgets how to do that at first, um, or how to pack a locker, because all of her shit falls on the floor. Oh, it's, it's all going wrong for Emily, yeah. Yeah, and I, I, mean, I think Jay Mitchell's actually really good here. She doesn't get a lot of credit, but like you definitely see, like she's right at that breaking point. Yeah, she's she's great. She's great with the, the physical stuff and with the, the the expressions and things. The only thing missing is for her to be like standing next to a puddle and for someone to <laughs> drive through it and splash her. Seriously. Uh, but when she's at her lowest, Doctor Sullivan walks over, checks on her. Uh, Doctor Sullivan has grown another three feet. Her head's scraping against the ceiling. Uh, Emily doesn't want to talk about shit, but Dr. Sullivan reminds her that she still cares about her, even if she's not her doctor anymore. Emily is literally crying, saying that there's things that she and the other liars haven't told Dr. Sullivan. Dr. Sullivan says, yeah, no shit, Emily. (laughs) (laughs) No, Sullivan suggests that they meet after school at her office, and Emily says, okay. Yeah, so once again, maybe they're going to tell Therapy Ann about some shit. We'll see if that happens. For the, the brief moment that we were in the same space as Annabeth Gish, I just wanted to be like, so you're A, right? I know. <laughs> I know. If if she was Uber A, I mean, I would be very satisfied with that outcome. I could you? see, like, if I'm watching, like, 610 with Annabeth Gish, and I just turn over to her, I'm like, this doesn't mean that you're not still A. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ever since she has, uh, in, in 225, when they hear that Moda's still alive, she has the weirdest look on her face. Yeah. Uh, she's like, oh, she's in on it. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, we're going to go to the Hastings house downstairs. We uh, see a bunch of Ian Thomas's old shit on a coffee table, including some lacrosse statues, because of course he was a lax bro. Mm-hmm. And uh, then pan up to Toby, who's just like bouncing a basketball in his hand. Wasn't he the lax bro coach? 
He was field hockey coach. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah. I mean, he might have been Laxborough coach, too. Yeah, know. Toby, who's probably never touched a basketball before in his life. What is this round, bouncy object? It's like the shape of the sun. Spencer walks in with, like, a bunch of old clothes in her hands, and Toby's just like, so this is weird, huh? Boxing up someone's life. I hope my Toby voice is still okay. I haven't done it in a while. I think the thing is that Keegan Allen's Toby voice isn't as good as yours in this episode. Mm. Um, yeah, Spencer starts pulling some shit, and she's like, this is Ian we're talking about. I think just became my fondest memory of him. Burn! <laughs> I don't know if when we did this episode the first time if I realized how wonderfully dark that is. I know. And Toby, she's like folding clothes, and Toby's just like, uh, so I know why I'm not going to the college fair. Why aren't you there? Because I went last year. You've probably been going since middle school, right? Well, you know the Hastings motto. Why enjoy today? What you could be worrying about tomorrow. <laughs> Good old bitter Spencer. And Toby pulls out like a yearbook from Ian's things, and he's like, hey, check this out. Ian's old yearbook. The greatest yearbook photo ever. <laughs> yeah, they page through it, and Spencer's like, wait, stop, there he is. And it's like, Ian Thomas, Blue Steel. <laughs> it look, like, he looks like he's from the 80s or something. Like, he's like a this, mean 80s villain. Is this Ryan Merriman's, like, acting headshot? I hope it is. Did somebody in casting just, like, hold us up and be like, should we cast this guy as the second Ian? He's what just do you like, think? Hey, if you ever need to make a Karate Kid reboot, I can totally be the villain. Seriously. It's it's very 80s. It's very, like, just America right there. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, Spencer's, like, looking at it. She's like, Captain of the Lacrosse Team, Honor Society, Drama Club. Yeah, he was quite the actor. NAT Club? What's that? Never heard of it. Yeah, neither have I. And I know every club. I came this close to joining the Madrigals. Let, let me see this. Yeah, she's flipping through the, the book, goes to the index, and she's like, it's not in the index of clubs. And Toby says, well, so maybe it was some kind of mistake. Also, uh, so we see Caitlin Brown and I, Marlene King, are on Rosewood Heist Glee Club. And, oh, are they uh, nice? Yeah, Kyle Bone is in the Spanish club. Uh, so Spencer flips through a few more pages to a blank spot where people have signed, and she, she shows that to Toby, and she's like, okay, then how do you explain that? <laughs> And uh, she points at the signature on the back page, and Toby holds the book closer to like read these words, and he's like, E-N-N-A-T forever, Jason. <laughs> and Spencer's like, yeah, I can fucking read, Toby. Uh, no, she's like, uh, Dillarentis? And so she's she... like, I showed it to you. Yeah. <laughs> so she flips back to Jason's mugshot, and his only listed like activity is N-A-T club. What a fucking piece of shit. Yeah. Like Jason DeLaurentis, any tea club? She kind of flits some more, and Toby's just like, Spence, Spencer, what is it? And Spencer says, just, I want to see if anyone else is a member. And then she stops at Garrett Reynolds' picture, and she says, Garrett Reynolds, any tea club. Oh, shit. And her eyes, like, dilate right now. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. There's a whole new creepy level of fuckery going on for her to unravel. Like, the new game is afoot. Like, just, just when she was out of clues. She's got something new to chase down. Oh, yeah. Nice, nice close on her face. She's like deducing this shit and the act. I mean, this is the beginning of like all the president's men or even like spotlight for her. <laughs> uh, also, Toby will play the part of the guy who's just there. So Spencer doesn't have to talk to herself mm -hmm. as she figures things out. Because it's not like Toby that's the part has. he's always played. Yeah, he's not. I mean, maybe he carries some things later, but he's not really integral to this process at all. 
Let me let um, me pitch you an alternate reality A tag for this episode. Okay. A slipping through a yearbook at the end of the episode. Yeah, yeah. We get to Toby Cavanaugh's photo, and it says Toby Cavanaugh, NAT Club. I would be so into that. Oh shit. I would be so into that. I would be so into that too if like uh, A just like slipped out into a lot of people's things. Like especially if it's like it was Spencer's, like like you know, cut to the end of halfway point of season six, and Spencer gets her yearbook. And she flips it open, and her name's listed as NAT Club too. Well, no, I'm not saying that A is setting up Toby as NAT. Club. No, I get what you're saying yeah. he's a team member. Yeah, that would mm-hmm. make a lot of sense to me. Wouldn't it? Because <laughs> it was me, Spencer. It was all me. It would. It would say that he really was peeking into their windows at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which he probably was, because look at that guy. Look at him. Um. So back so to I- college fair. Yeah, uh, the song playing here, by the way, is called Shot in the Dark. It's like some bitchin', like, 80s-sounding synth-pop. Yeah. This, this, uh, this whole sequence is really funny because Arya's gonna move, do her power play here. Because um, everyone's milling around looking at these, like, tables of brochures or colleges and whatnot, all these, like, fake colleges. Like, Arya's looking at... she Arya walks over to Buck's College, and she picks up the course catalog... And she, like, really intently pretends to read it. Like, oh, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, she knows that Ezra is, like, you know, nearby, behind her, talking to Jack and Melina. And so she just, she makes sure she's in his eyeline and then mm-hmm. just, like, hangs out. I love it. Well, he eventually pushes, like, whoever he's talking to off on Jackie. Well, I think she does, like, a quick look back just to, like, yeah, I see you there, you know. <laughs> and so yeah. he's like, oh, hey, let me, uh, let me, let me go talk to and he walks over with a, a catalog, and she's like, oh, Mrs. Montgomery, have you considered Hollis College? They have a wonderful arts program, and I think you'll find the teachers are very hands-on. And Arya just smirks at this, like, eh, not in the mood. Walks she gives away him from a, him, annoyed. A great over-the-look shoulder, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Arya, Jackie Millian, of course, sees all this, and Ezra's just like, Arya? So she heads out to the courtyard, he pursues, and he's like, Arya, wait, what's up? Are you mad at me? They're just going to argue in front of all these students in the quad. Yeah, like, think about your, your surroundings. Have some have some situational awareness, especially if you're the adult mm. in this situation, and jail's <laughs> a very real possibility for you. Uh, yeah, she sighs and stops. She's like, no, I'm not mad at you. I'm worried about us. I just feel like outside forces are kind of taking over. And he's like, forces? And she's like, people. And she gives him this look like, you know what I'm talking about, Jack. Well, she kind of nods, you know, towards the cafeteria there. Yeah, yeah, and he's just like Arya. I don't know what else to what else to tell you to prove that Jackie's not a threat. Well, this and is the says, moment. This is the moment in the episode where Ezra's like, "Oh, that's right, I'm dating a teenager." Yeah, that's why you're acting like this. Well, she says, "Oh, you know what? You wouldn't know a threat if it sat in your lap and made you a gin and tonic." And thus, all my fan fiction begins. Which I now have on good authority that was probably an Oliver Goldstick line. Really interesting. Um, yeah, for the first time, for the first time, Ezra says what we're all thinking. What does that even mean? sat in your lap and made you a gin and tonic and Arya says Jackie is interested in you she flirts with you every day I, I just saw and it's just like Arya I work with the woman and Arya's just like look I'm not blaming her okay it's not her fault we let ourselves open to that because she doesn't know that you're in a relationship the same way no one knows I'm in a relationship and he's like yeah but it's not a problem as long as we know I meant it when I said I didn't have feelings for her well then Arya's like oh I just realized what you did to me <laughs> And Ari says, okay, well, I meant it when I said I didn't have feelings for Jason, but that didn't stop me from kissing him. Record scratch. Oops, Arya. 
And she's like, wait, that, no, that, that, no, that came was out entirely totally wrong. intentional. Well, I know, because she's like, oh, that came out entirely wrong. I didn't kiss him. He kissed me. I just I didn't stop him. And like, she totally could have left that last part out. She could have been like, oh, no, I mean, he kissed me. But like, no, she she wants him to know eh, there was a little something there. Like, feel a little bit threatened right now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, just then Jackie Molina walks up to them, acting totally casual. And she's like, hey, Z, can you get those last that last box of brochures out of the car? I don't want to leave the booth. She said, having left the booth. Yeah, I know. Ezra's like, yeah, sure. And Arya kind of watches longingly as Ezra walks away. And so does Jackie. She's kind of watching the situation play out. And she turns back to Arya. Well, she's, she's watching Arya watch him walk mm-hmm. away. Yeah. And she says to Arya, college will be a great experience for you. It really helps you grow up, which is just savage. And Arya's just like, really? Jackie says, you'll look back and realize just how naive you were. Damn. Jackie, that girl had a family. Arya just melts into a puddle. I feel like Jackie went home and she's just like, dear diary, today I totally won another battle with the high school girl I'm in this crazy <laughs> rivalry with. Then I walk back over to her and I smeared some dog shit I found in her face. Mm-hmm. And Arya's just like staring off dazed, like, well, I guess I'm going to have to dig another hole in the Delorentis yard right now because that bitch is going down. Arya's like, Years from now, two guys in a podcast are going to joke about me pushing people down the stairs. Mm-hmm. This is where it begins. <laughs> so then we get a stock shot of Philly. Mm-hmm. I think we we rarely get the the Philly stock shots, but we've got one here. Yeah. And then we're inside. Like a swanky dressing room. So I have to ask our, our listeners out there, do these places exist in like non-Hollywood realities? Like these like fancy like boutique dress places where you like there's some super ridiculously nice dressing room with giant mirrors and couches and free jelly beans and whatnot the answer i can tell you is yes for wedding shit Mm -hmm. especially i I mean for like just a regular dress shop he he says as if he has some authority (laughs) uh if we're a regular dress shop that's probably like high-end shit but like for like the wedding industry the wedding industrial complex i think it's all like Mm. this but yeah, this is like the kind of place where like Greek gods and Mount Olympus would come and try on different togas and stuff. This is also the set that was used for the uh, the bathroom where Hannah will eventually throw up on the dress. Could be. I mean, you know, hard to say. I'm sure they repurpose it. Um, and Hannah's barefoot and standing on what looks like a very soft little raised platform, checking out her uh, bridesmaid's dress here. Which, to me, looks fine, but I guess uh, not to somebody who knows anything about fashion, because Hannah... Hannah and Mona are both, like, retching. Um, Mona is in some crazy wedges, by the way. Is that to point that out? Because they're super well, tall. Mona is acting so offended. Like, this dress is so hideous that it drove her to become A. Yeah. Well, you know, so Hannah's barefoot. Mona has these crazy high wedges on. She's still shorter than Hannah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so Hannah says, so what do you think? And Mona's, like, like holding her, her chest. Like, like this, this hurts her. Mm-hmm. Just hold on. Let me stop dry heaving first. <laughs> and it's like, okay, it's not that bad. And when it says Kate Moss would look like a water buffalo in that, all you're missing is cud. <laughs> and it's kind of frowning. She's kind of like tugging at the dress. Like, she's like, I don't know. I mean, if I tighten the waist, shorten it, I think it actually really. And Mona's like, seriously? Who is this hillbilly your dad is marrying? And she's pulling her punches here, too, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And uh, then Hannah says, her name is Isabel, and could you ease up? 
So her taste is a little more classic. And Mona's like, yeah, classic ugly. <laughs> Mona's just driving to the hoop. Every line. Oh, and Hannah just sighs. So and Mona says, and you know that. So why are you ch- channeling Pollyanna? And it's like, Polly who? Okay, you know, it, it's important to my dad. And I don't know. I wasn't exactly a charmer the first time I met Kate and Isabel. And I need to make it up to them. So if that means I'm standing up there looking like Sasquatch, then so be it. <laughs> is this the first time we've seen the new Kate? Oh. It might is, be. Is this before or after the vomit on the dress? Before. I okay. think this is this might be the first episode of New Kate. I should have looked that up. Don't we get we get two appearances of old Kate, right? I think she's just at that one dinner, as far as uh, I can recall. Oh, she's talking about like sailing and shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, I mean, Hannah Hannah's making an effort, which just reminds me of how much Tom Marin doesn't deserve her as a daughter. Well, I was just gonna say, I love that Hannah classically will always let people know I don't get your reference and I don't care. <laughs> Full speed ahead. They have the funniest expressions on their face in this scene, too. Uh, like, the way Mona's got one elbow sticking out the whole time with, like, a hand, fist on her hip. It's great. Oh, Janelle Parrish, in an episode full of many great performances, she might actually be the MVP of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, Mona's just like, fine, I get it. Be nicer if you have to, but let's face it, your stepmom-to-be is a jug-blowing mm-hmm. hayseed, and so is her daughter, Kate. And then... Boom. Enter Kate. Kate's just like Hannah, and Hannah spins around, and she's just like Kate. Oh shit! Um, I mean, I, I guess Kate didn't hear because she doesn't act like it. Yeah. Uh, so we don't really have the dialogue for this, but uh, uh, they continue to make small talk of Kate. Mona assesses the situation. She compliments Kate on having some kind of limited fancy purse. Well, she like she eyeballs Kate's nice shoes or something like that, and, and like suddenly she's into Kate because yeah. like she has like wealth and and power to get these like fancy shoes and. Well, yeah. Oh, so they, then Kate mentioned that she takes like AP classes, and that's why mm-hmm. she's here because all of her exams are done. So Mona basically manages to get themselves invited to lunch. Uh, I guess just because wealth attracts her. Yeah, turns her on. Um, there's a nice bit where Hannah says she'll pick out her college the same way she picks out her clothes from a catalog. Nice. And Kate looks like she could just vomit at this. Like that's like the worst thing she's ever heard. Yeah, or like I don't know if she can tell like. Is this girl just really dry? Is this a joke? I don't mm-hmm. understand. It's like it, it's like that was a joke, but in poor taste. You know? yeah. It's like that's how uppity she is. Yeah. And uh, so Kate leaves, and then they Hannah and Mona start to argue, like, why are we going to this thing? And Mona wants lunch, and says, Hannah says, you're not starving. You just had a whole bowl of jelly beans. And Mona screams back, they were complimentary. <laughs> I love that. Like, my... Mo- Hannah and Mona, I miss the two of them together in this fashion because they're like the Laurel and Hardy of like the teenage murder show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Kate gets the directions of the club. Um, this is a chance for Hannah to make nice of Kate. Uh, so meanwhile, uh, Emily's being led into a room at the spa for her massage. She's already wearing a bathrobe. There's like soft new age music playing. It totally um, seems like a, like a porn movie is about to begin because well, of that music. Here's a fun game that I like to see people participate in. Take the dialogue from this short scene and change the setting to your erotic fan fiction. <laughs> but change the setting. Uh, and that's all your fan fiction will begin. Yeah, so the the masseuse is like, so take your time and get comfortable. She starts like, pouring some water in a glass and it looks uncomfortable. Like more uncomfortable than anyone ever has. Spotty picks up on this and she's like, you can lie face down between the sheets when you're ready. And Emily's like, sure. 
the spot lady says, first time, and Emmy's like, that obvious, huh? <laughs> the lady says, trust me, you'll love it. You let me know if the pressure's right. We'll start easy and see where we're, where you're tender. I'll be back in a few minutes, okay? And Emily now seems happy and she's okay at this and she's like, okay. And the spot lady leaves and, uh, Emily just looks like she's like so amazed that she's reached this milestone, this new plateau of sophisticated pleasure. I mean, I guess a teenager's probably never had like a 90 minute full body massage before, you know? Not Emily, anyways, because I feel like being raised by Pam and Wayne, mm. there's probably like a, a certain kind of, not body shame, but, uh, I don't know. There's a there's lack a, of enjoyment. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's you know plus the things that Emily's already been or gotten used to hiding from her parents. I'm sure there's parts of herself that she's not ready to express. This masseuse has uh, one of those like little portable speakers you plug an iPod into, and it's like the old school click wheel iPod. I like that. I mean, it's sort of been what 2011, still rocking the old classic. Yeah, the production, but meant mm-hmm. to be 2010 still. Yeah. No, this, um, is, this would be 2011, I think, by now, wouldn't it? That's a good question. Yeah, I, I guess I think it's so. a spring. You're probably right, because yeah. season two supposedly ends like in February or March. Yeah, okay. Something like that, yeah. Uh, so in Spencer's great room, Toby's like sitting at the island, just meditating over that open page of Ian's amazing mug on it. Spencer comes back in with a stack of yearbooks in hand, and she says, I just checked a bunch of old yearbooks. That club isn't mentioned in any of them. So Toby closes his book. Well, I like to imagine Spencer just, like, matrix-brained, like, a thousand pages of a yearbook, you know? But, I mean, Toby closes his book. He says, I checked, too. It must be some kind of prank. He hasn't done shit. He's just been staring at Ian's (laughs) face this whole time that she's been gone. Spencer's like, I just read through 15 yearbooks, Toby. What if Front you to back, yeah. Uh, and so Spencer's like, "What? Like seniors get away with murder?" And Toby just does this like this weak shrug because there's like no GED kids who get away with murder club that he's a part of. And Spencer says, "There's got to be an answer in all this stuff." I mean, Jason, Ian, and Garrett. She walks over to like the pile of crap. And she's like, "Any T club? It's got to mean something." And she's digging through some clothes, and so it's time for Toby to condescend. And he's just like, what's a nice way to say someone's obsessive? And honestly, Toby, like, if you're just figuring this out now, it's way too late. Like, your first date with Spencer was overnight in a motel to spy on Jenna. Well, with an issue over the tops and the bottoms Mm -hmm. of the jammies and plain scrabble. Also, she slightly bent over, like, ass towards him as he, like, leers over and says this to her. Um, It's adorable as... As adorable as that can be. Uh, well, she, she kinda... shoots him back a look that's like, don't don't start with me, shithead. Yeah, yeah. But then, because it's PLL, she finds a t-shirt with all the answers on it. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, check this out. She holds up a shirt that reads, uh, Nos anima diverto totus. And then she says it again, I'm not going to try to repeat that, N-A-T. She hands it to Toby and gets her phone out, and he says, you took Latin, right? And Spencer says, yeah, and I got a five on my AP, but I don't remember any of it, which is such a perfect, like, that's so Spencer that she's exactly the sort of super smart person that would ace a, a Latin test for AP and then completely forget about it because she doesn't need to know it. Yeah, so she pulls her phone out. She bings that shit. Website pages it. She bings it. No, she literally bings yeah, it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, and the, the translation given to her by bing, her bing results are, we see all. And she's just like, we see all. We see all. Wait, 
We know that Ian liked to secretly videotape the girls of Rosewood, right? I love that even Toby's disgusted by those reminders. Also, uh, yeah. He's, also, he's on those tapes. Mm-hmm. Um, so Spencer like like snatches the T-shirt back, and she's like, "Well, what if we see all?" It means that Jason and Garrett were in on his dirty little game. I love that line. That's that's in the video I did, and it's just that's uh, like catnip to me. <laughs> and Toby says, I, "I noticed I use a lot of lines from this episode in my video." Toby says, "Well, what would that mean?" Other than that they were perverts. It means that maybe Jason killed Allison for the same reason we thought Ian did. To get back those tapes. Oh yeah, Spencer's got a new clue and some new suspects to accuse. Like I said, Toby doesn't even need to be in the scene. Like a teddy bear. Could also, have sufficed. Any like, tea club do you think maybe that'll ever come back? I hope so. I did love the, the whole idea of this like, creepy group of older guys taping people as part of some possibly more nefarious plan than just being simple perverts. It was perfect for Rosewood, I feel like. You know, it's like exactly the sort of creepiness these girls had to deal with. Well, but also, it's funny. is I don't believe a lot of the things Jason does say. Mm-hmm. But, like, I do believe when he talks about how Ian had, like, a benefactor or a client. Yeah. Because I could just see that the, somebody probably paid them to, to take a... A video of somebody or something Pastor like Ted. that. Yeah. <laughs> and they just developed a club like that blossomed around this kind of perverted activity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then it became such a rosy thing. I kind of hope that that Mary Drake and all that stuff kind of peels back some of that stuff. I have a lot of curiosities about what the title original gangsters could mean. Um, oh, geez. Oh, but yeah. Anyways, my, my, my thought to you is, wouldn't it be a fun twist if Toby has actually a figment of her imagination and had actually died in that motorcycle accident season <laughs> one? Oh, but she's got a hell of an imagination. Uh, but he's still a bad boyfriend. Um, mm. So meanwhile... At the <laughs> well, that would be Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> Spencer likes a very similitude in her you know, fantasy sequences. She doesn't want them to be all perfect. True, true. But she's not fantasizing about <laughs> Emily and her girlfriends in a film noir setting. Uh, so Arya's sitting at the table at the grill with a pink drink and a mason jar and some garnish in it. She's texting away to Ezra in caps. All caps. <laughs> Ezra, we need to talk. Please call me. Exclamation. Please call me back. Exclamation mark. I love, I mean, I, I interpret this as her shouting at Ezra. Yeah. Yeah. And then Jason, Jason walks up out of nowhere and he asks to sit down. Uh, by the way, can we just briefly talk about his outfit? Yeah. God. This is like respectable Jason. I guess. I mean, this he's got like. respectable new Jason. Black jeans or pants, uh, a white long sleeve shirt, kind of like a, kind of like rough woven white t shirt, white uh, long sleeve button up shirt. But then he has like a cardigan over it. Like it's a weird look. He looks like a, a surfer hipster, Mister Rogers. I I don't think the cardigan works for him. No, but Jason's style, like, and solely new Jason, like Jason mm-hmm. 2.0, his style has been all over the place. Over it really the is. Show. Yeah. Like, his kind of, like, weird, like, hip teenager style when Allison first comes back to life. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. like, when he takes over the business and he's in, like, actual suits and stuff. Well, this I- look here, without the cardigan, maybe it's, like, hanging out on your boat or yeah. something. But then, yeah, with the, like, yeah, that... That doesn't work, Jason. Just saying. Anyway, he he has to sit down. Ezra next... found him in a hallway, and he's like, don't you dare put on a fucking vest. Vests mm-hmm. are my thing. I own the fucking vests. You get the surfer thing. I get the Tweety thing. 
and never the two shall meet. Yeah. Uh, so he wants to sit down, and Arya is kind of like hesitating, and he has this—he's just has this vibe like, "Oh, you're not so scared of me, are you?" Pfft, you know. Yeah, he turns on the broken faucet from which leaks what passes for charm from him. Yeah, first of all, don't find yourself in a situation where your icebreaker is, you're not still scared of me, are you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, creepy, but... Jason. Can I, it, can, uh, can I just say real talk? I don't like Jason. I've never liked Jason. I know a lot I of fans like him, and they're sure. like, we need more Jason. I would have been totally fine if he died in that elevator. I think we've discussed many a times, when it got down to the heart of it, when we were talking about the actor that we want to deliver the final monologue, <laughs> no offense to him, but it was not Drew Van Acker. Yeah. Um, I feel like Ari would probably do the eye narrow at this point if he wasn't standing above her and taller than her. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and he's like, he's doing like the, uh, the reverse psychology like, oh, you're not scared of me are, still, are you? Like, like, you know, like, why don't you act like a grown-up and be normal around me type of thing, you know? Well, yeah, there's that. And that's that's really playing, like, on Arya's whole thing. But uh, I'm, like, flashing in my mind to, like, after the, uh, the Allison trial, when he comes to see Spencer. Mm-hmm. And it starts as an apology, and then it, like, basically ends with him calling Spencer a bitch for ruining <laughs> his life or whatever. It's borderline gaslighting, you know? Yeah, constantly. Constantly. And dark room full of pictures, artistic photos of a girl <laughs> sleeping. Yeah. That he blames on his dead sister. Even You see, the cool guy thing would have been to somehow not blame it on your deceased sibling in some way. Nah. Yeah, that's not Jason's style. Uh, so after the commercial, we're at the West Maple Riding Club. Uh, the first thing we hear is a horse whinnying. Um, Hannah was promised lunch, but they're going riding instead. These two, Hannah and Mona, they look amazing in their riding outfits. And oh, they're in the full, you know, khaki pants, jodhpurs, boots, you know, hats, the, the whole deal, the gloves. It's great. And yeah, the funny thing is, I think this is probably what the, the club gives to the beginners who didn't bring their own gear. I guess, yeah. Yeah. Um, so they're here because Mona had mentioned to Kate that she had spent an amazing summer at an equestrian camp, which is something that Hannah didn't even know about her own best friend. So then... Well, Hannah's, like, totally not feeling this, but Mona is, like, so psyched by their outfits and everything. Yeah. Kate shows up with her two minions, who I guess are cousins. Her two, like, blue blood friends, yeah. I think they're actually cousins, she said? Older cousins, something like that? It uh, doesn't even matter. Margo and Bitsy. I mean, fucking Bitsy. God. You Could can... you get more waspy than that? Yeah, they're wearing identical riding outfits like they're about to go for a ride and shoot boxes and hunt humans. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a great bit where they're handing over the helmets and Mona's just like, oh, uh, Elizabeth, and you can call her Bitsy. And then so you must be Margox. Margox. <laughs> it's Margot. Uh, and then Mona reveals she can speak French, which I love that little little subtle clue there. Yeah. You remember how oh, Mona but... learned French in uh, S1E16. But even Hannah's just like, you and these bitches' names are complicated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it's it's clear that Hannah has no clue about horses, but Mona like keeps covering for her and like playing it off. Uh, they manage to get on their horses. Uh, it's pretty Hannah, you know, it's, it, she doesn't know what the hell she's doing. Obviously, that that uh, could have gone on for a full one more minute. Oh, I know, it's <laughs> them trying to get on the horses. <laughs> I'm impressed they have a take where both her and uh, Janelle Parrish both get on the horse at the same time. That can't have been that easy. Yeah. Um. And so then Mona is just like, they're, Kate and her crew are like a little concerned. But Mona's just like, oh, go on ahead. We'll catch up. She's like, seriously, I'm like the horse whisperer. So what do you think Mona's up to in this this little plot line? 
I feel like I feel like it's twofold. She's uh she's probably legitimately trying to help Hannah a little bit. She's also trying to gather intel on future A shenanigans, would be my guess. I just wonder if maybe on some level she really just wants to hang out with her BFF. Yeah. And like this is like a perfect opportunity to like for them to like do girl stuff that she wouldn't normally get to do without this excuse of like getting to know Kate. Plus, this is also a perfect opportunity to set up an alibi. Yeah. Although I do wonder the massage thing. Like, uh, was that was that always planned to be Lucas, or are they like, hey, there's a plot hole? I, I, we should ask them if we ever do another interview. Like, what, what was the deal with that? Um, if there's one thing I'd like to see in season seven with Mona's character, is I really wish they could bring back at least a sequence of like legitimate joy and laughter to her. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's this next level omnipotent, post-human, bonkers, amazing right now. But I'd like to see her like paint with a slightly more human brush, <laughs> and not just in the sadness way. Well, she's. I think she's human in season six. B. She's just she's not it's, having a lot of, of fun. I guess you could yeah. say. You know, yeah. it's it's just all stir and drag. Yeah. So. Uh, I mean, I, I'm sure when Spencer breaks up with Caleb and they get together, then she'll be having some fun. That would be wonderful. I would settle for a Mona and Emily relationship. I don't think that's going to happen. That would be not. You're right. I don't that, think Mona likes Emily. Yeah, I said they do have kind of weird power dynamics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do have weird power dynamics. <laughs> um, Hannah looks over to Mona, unsure here, and Mona just gives her just this adorable, goofy smile. Mm-hmm. Um, it's amazing. So, meanwhile, back, speaking of which, Emily's back at the porno up. massage, she's naked under the sheet, face down on the pillow. Someone in all black is getting ready to do their thing. They work really hard to not show the hands. You do see a quick blip of Caucasian hands for one second. Do you? Yeah, you do very quickly. You see, okay, like, yeah, like yeah, this. I see it. Uh, this is this is Lucas, by the way. Or it's supposed to be uh, Lucas. You uh, fucking creep. I mean, seems seriously, to, seems to be really enjoying working the back of Emily's thigh. Well, what do you like? Was Mona just like, "Hey, Lucas, do me this solid, and I won't murder you." Yeah. Don't yeah. tell anyone about it either. I need you to go uh, massage a teenage girl while she's naked. And like, I guess he's good at it or something. I don't know. This is your this is your sugar daddy, Lucas. Everybody, mm, fucking Lucas. If you if you if you bought into any of those social media, oh, could Lucas be any more sweet crap? Uh, he's got to be up to something. I don't know if he's a or not, but he's a fucking creep. He's a fucking creep. Uh, but poor Emily's like that feels great. <laughs> uh, and then uh, this picture, the look on Lucas's face as he's staring down at her. Oh God. <laughs> Oh, and it's pretty ballsy, too. Yeah. Like, sneak in to, to do this while, like, the real masseuse is, like, outside somewhere. Anyway, uh, go back to Arya and Jason at the grill. Uh, he's given Arya this framed, candid close-up of her sleeping. And this yeah. kind of mollifies Arya because, I mean, how could she not love giving a photo of her own face? Right, right. Seriously. Uh, it's interesting shot. I mean, the pictures are... Very artistic. We do see like her reflections splayed mm-hmm. across the glass at one point. Um, this is like, well, and she's like, "These are beautiful." Hey, tell your dog to shut up. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> In case you guys didn't know, Marco's actually recording at his place for once. We'll keep that between us. Yeah. So Arya says, "These are beautiful." Tell your dog to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> These are beautiful because <laughs> they're of me. Yeah. Jason didn't remember Allie being so artistic. 
Uh, man, wouldn't it just break Emily's heart if it turned out that Allie was in love with Arya the whole time? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, this is like a super, super close-up of Arya sleeping. Well, so yeah, I mean, it's weird. The, the, she talked about the feeling of getting to know someone only after they're gone. And like, I don't remember if we've ever heard prior in the show of Arya's own love of, of photography. But like, I just wonder like, if this is one of those things that she adopted from Allison eventually. Mm, I like it. Um, yeah, so Jason notices that Arya is like folding up a straw into a triangle, which she says is a bad habit. So she does the look over her shoulder. Is that a, is that a clue or a, a hint? I don't know. I wanted it to be the uh, the gazebo shape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That would have been perfect. Um, but it made Spencer's, you know, <laughs> you <laughs> dream very weird later on. But yeah, Arya does look over her shoulder. She says that her friends broke into his shed because they've been through a lot. Well, she's fucking, like, apologizing to Jason for her friends finding his creep shot darker. Well, not so much apologizing as justifying. Yeah. This is why they did that. I guess. You have, you have to understand that, Jason. You have to understand that. Um, that's the only time that I'm, like, that's the only small aspect in which I would side of Jason. It's like, I'm sorry, why did you break into my home? Um, why but not? Yeah. So, yeah. I'm surprised you were even conscious for it, Jason. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says he found the film while he was doing renovations in Allison's room. He pulled up a floorboard and there was a box of her stuff. A likely story. So Ari asked, well, what else was in the box? And he says, girl stuff. And then he uh, talks about how for Allie, hiding things became such second nature for her. I don't think she even knew why she was doing it half the time. Something becomes a habit. It's hard to stop, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so he offers to give Arya the box of Allie's stuff as she comes over, and she's a little hesitant. And then he jokes about just having her—you know—Arya could just have her friends steal it. Um, he seems like maybe a little too eager for her to come over. Yeah. Like the the like, hey lady, help me move this couch into my van type of eager. Uh, a little afternoon delight, yeah. Okay. Um. Jason. So out like, on also, the, sorry. Say, like what renovations? Um. We're really ever done to Allison's room. Yeah, none at all. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it would make much more sense if he was like, I'm actually building a complicated dollhouse 100 miles outside of town. <laughs> um, so, yeah, meanwhile, Spencer and Toby are walking through town. Carrying, Toby's carrying her pizza and takeout. Oh, they went and got pizza and takeout in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. We haven't mentioned Spencer's outfit at all, but it's like this like denim, like long sleeve top that has the shoulders cut out. This was like back when all their outfits had shoulders missing for some reason. This is like the everyday casual Ray outfit. Uh, kind of, but it's not. I mean, Ray had just has like arm wraps. These are it's still connected. It's just like no, the I mean, shoulder like, parts uh, are missing. End of Force Awakens when yeah. she has like the the normal looking coat and she's just like, could you take the shoulders out for me? Thank I know, you. but even then, those are like arm wraps. These are still connected. I'm just saying, Spencer just needs to carry a giant bow staff around mm-hmm. her. She definitely should. <laughs> and beat the shit out of people with it. <laughs> a tries to attack her and she's like, Oi! Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, across the street, they look in through the window of the Apple Rose Grill and see that Jason is uh, having lunch with Arya there, showing her something, and she leans over. And, you know, they're obviously comfortable around each other. Mm. This is very concerning, and Spencer says, you know, Arya won't listen to anything that I ha- else I have to say about Jason, but I know who she will listen to. She kind of sneers at them and they walk off. Well, the, the next question out of Toby's mouth should be, uh, who, babe, who, who? Who are you talking about, babe? <laughs> uh, I mean, so, does she tell him? Does Toby know? That's a good well, question. 
that would be the thing. Wouldn't he know? I mean, what is she going to say? Arya's secret boyfriend. It's a super, super secret. Yeah. I'm trying to even think at this point, would, does, does he know about Ezra or not? It's unclear. I, there are some minor things about this. The, I think the, only the girls know. Yeah, the, the who knows what is really interesting at this point. Um, so, in, in the, meanwhile, in the woods, Hannah and Mona are now trekking through, minus their horses. <laughs> They're dirty. Uh, Hannah's got mud on her face. Yeah. Uh, they lost the horses. Bad times have happened. Uh, but yeah. Mona's, like, really trying to put on a, a good spin on things, even though Hannah is just like, wah. Mona's like, oh, ow, can't be much further. And they're, like, brushing through some branches. And Mona's like, how's your ankle? Yeah. Hannah doesn't respond. Mona, like, gives Mona a look. Doesn't who doesn't respond. And Mona's just like, that was so weird. I've never seen one bite before. <laughs> and it's like, we lost Kate's horses. I love, I mean, she's in full, like, the plane has crashed into the goddamn mountain mode at Mona right now. Yeah, yeah. They'll find their way back. They're like big dogs. I've told you this before. And it says, did you ever even go to writing camp? So, Mona pauses for a second, and she's like, so I embellished a little bit. Just a little bit. And Hannah just shakes her head. She's over all this, and Mona's like, look, Hannah, the key to survival of any species is adaptability. And Hannah <laughs> says, well, when there's a nuclear war, I guess it's going to be Mona and a million cockroaches, because you even had me fooled. Remember that. Uh, post-apocalyptic Mona. Imagine that. Queen of the Cockroaches. Yes. It was like, it's her, and she's like, all right, it's just me and the fucking cockroaches. As she stares like the nuclear sun. And then, of course, fucking Lucas pops up. Yeah, it's me too. <laughs> oh, she would like, murder that dude. She's like, oh, yeah, I know, Lucas. I said cockroaches, didn't I? Yeah. I don't think, Lucas doesn't last a day after the Song of the Apocalypse. Anyway, Mona says, why are you mad? The only reason I'm even here is for you. I've been working it to help you get in with these girls. And Hannah's like, okay, who are you trying to help here, me or yourself? And Mona's like, what's that supposed to mean? And Hannah says, I noticed that once he found out Kate was more country club than hillbilly, he had to spend the day with her and her crew. Yeah, and Mona's yeah. like, whatever. I hope Caleb comes back soon. Because ever since he left, you've been a total crank. Crank. Oh, you hurt Mona's feelings, Hannah. And I like that that line could be taken a lot of different ways. Mona's like, you need to get laid. That's one way to take it, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so back at Emily's massage. Emily's well, just I like, mean, since when has Mona ever wanted Caleb back? Yeah, well, I mean, she has to admit that. Well, I wonder, though, like, is this when Mona started to make her plans of, like, I need to smooch on Caleb before this season is over? <laughs> you know what I mean? Just just to stick of the hand on that one. Mm -hmm. um, so back at Emily's massage, she's just, like, laying there post-coital. Still, like, still wrapped up in a mess of, of towels. And the masseuse walks in. The masseuse apologizes for being late. And Emily's just, like, smoking her cigarette. And she's, like, freaking out now. She's like, what? It wasn't you who gave me a massage and possibly a happy ending? <laughs> and Emily's like, no, someone was in here. And she, like, covers herself with the sheet even more, like, looking around, freaking out. And then she sees the A written in the condensation on the water glass near her table. Because, oh, shit. Also, I feel like Emily's got an awesome lawsuit against this massage parlor. It's a nice touch. Yeah, it's the, a nice the little A. Yeah. Uh, I mean, saying, what do you, you, what do, you her... do there? You're just like, like, it's a masseuse, like, what do you mean someone was in here? Like, they don't have cameras? Probably not. I mean, I, I, you probably wouldn't want them to have cameras and, <laughs> and that. 
part sure of the massage area with people in dressing and whatnot. Not there, but I mean, like, the lobby or whatever? I guess the local police force like, didn't have cameras. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Mona still, hacked them. I feel like they're like, here's 1,500 coupons. Mm-hmm. Please don't sue us. And she's like, yeah, like, I want to come back here. Yeah. Um, I'll just give them all to Ashley Marin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so outside the high school, that, that's why there's a massage thing at the rally, because Ashley finally ran out of coupons. <laughs> so we're outside the high school. Yes, indeed. We are watching Ezra get into his car and then shit his pants when Spencer gets into the passenger side. <laughs> He's just like, uh, uh, Spencer, do you need a ride or something? And she's like, um, I have to talk to you. Okay, there's something I need to tell you. But before I tell you that, there's there's something else I have to tell you. And okay. there's just like look of terror on Ezra's face. Like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, he's just like, okay. And she's like, I know about you and Arya. And he tries to like play it off. Excuse he's like, me? excuse me. <laughs> and her, she's giving this look like, bitch, please, like, don't even just, just stop. Well, the, the uh, Ezra, you don't. Oh, sorry, Mister Fitz. And he's like, better, thank you. And she's like, listen to me. Arya's in danger now. Ezra seems interested. And the camera kind of rises above the car, and we see across the street Ella Montgomery is coming down the school steps. Yeah. And she looks up and sees Spencer in Ezra's car like that. And it's just thinking, like, the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. And we hear kind of Spencer say in the background, like, she's been hanging out with Jason DeLaurentis. And Ella's watching them, very concerned as she walks by, like, you know, she, she doesn't like the, the look of that at all. Ella, Ella starts making some assumptions. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so, so back at the massage parlor, Emily's, like, pacing in the hallway and dressed now. She's finally pulls out her phone. She scrolls through the address book, finds Dr. Sullivan. Emily has a lot of people in her address book. Um, so just then, she gets a text. Before she can consider calling Dr. Sullivan, she gets a text from A. See how easy it is for me to get my hands around your neck, A. <laughs> so once again, the, the liars are thwarted from telling someone about A. She's not going to talk to therapy yet now. Yeah. Which... And I, it wasn't like a direct correlation there. Like, don't talk to therapy in. Right. But you can definitely interpret it that way, you know. Well, this is, to me, this, the timing is almost too good for Lucas to not have done that text or something. Uh, he could have just texted Mona and had Mona send the text. You know, like, <laughs> text Mona, mission accomplished, and she's like, I'll handle the A messages, you fucking amateur. <laughs> so, after the commercial, we pan over from the, the dealer to mailbox to see Jason and Arya, like, walking up that old road that goes past the Hastings house to his place. Uh, this is the same mailbox that I believe Travis will later guide the other valet kid to, like, back into two seasons later. Mm-hmm. Um, so Arya's kind of following behind Jason, watching him, which, understandable because he's creepy and she doesn't know what he's leading her to, but also it kind of just reaffirms that he's older than her, and this is a little weird, but... Uh, well, because he does this whole weird thing where he's just like, oh... I forgot the box is in the woodshed. Why don't you follow me in there? And Arya's just like, deuces, I'll wait out here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he keeps looking back at her as he goes in. Like, it's like he doesn't mind that he's scaring the hell out of her, you know? Mm-hmm. He's just like, oh, I'm just going to be continually creepy. I'm surprised at some point Jason doesn't make a line about how fear can be an aphrodisiac or something crazy <laughs> yeah. like that. Uh, so back at the writing club. Hannah and Mona make their way back in like the clubhouse or the stable or whatever. Hannah comes and sets her table down, her hat down on the table. Uh, so Hannah's she, like, Hannah is the one who sets her hat right on top of the intercom there. 
Yeah, Mona does not seem to notice. So this I don't think this was like arranged or anything. Like I don't think Mona's for, setting her up here. Yeah, spoiler for a reveal that happens two minutes later on an mm-hmm. episode that's like five years old. Um but yeah, she's has like what a complete waste of time. And she and Mona sit down and Mona starts taking off her boots. Hannah, Mona's still hurt. She's not responding. Time, time for Hannah to apologize to Bay. Yeah, make make some amends. Uh Hannah's like, I'm sorry I snapped you. You didn't do anything wrong. It's just Kate and her friends think I'm a totally clueless. And Mona's like, it's oh, not true. And I was like, yes, it is. Every time I look back at them, I got the stink eye from Itsy. Bitsy. <laughs> Mona's like, Bitsy. <laughs> Hannah's like, whatever. They both hated me. And Mona's like, Hannah, maybe you're just not trying hard enough. And Hannah's like, what? Mona, how could you say that? I practically killed myself today trying to make those girls like me. Why should I even try at all? If it weren't for Isahel, the skank, my mom would be with my dad right now instead of being home alone. And then we can hear some chicks freaking out outside. You see her a lot of like, <gasps> yeah. Mona gets up to look out the window and we hear somebody say, I can't believe she said that. Yeah. And then we cut outside and we see that everything <laughs> that Hannah is saying is going out over like the PA speakers and Hannah is blasting to everyone. So Kate, her mom and those little bitches can go to hell for all I care. Yeah. Mona, Mona has realized and she's up at mm-hmm. the window checking this and she's just like, ahem, Hannah and Hannah gets up, comes to the window, realizes Kate's hurt her. Mona looks around, discovers that well, Hannah's the, Kate and the posse the are like looking through the window at them, like, "Oh, they're so wounded," you know. Yeah, so like Mona shows Hannah that the hat was on the button on the microphone thing, and Hannah's just like, "Well, fuck, That's a helmet, not a hat, but yeah, yeah, whatever." Um, so Hannah and Mona rush outside to try to salvage this. The two cousins are just patting poor Kate on the shoulders, like she, like Kate's dog just died or something. Like this is just the worst thing that ever happened to Kate. For yeah. fun. Look at the two stable boys in the background. They mm-hmm. must be loving this. They're it's just like, like the, yeah. <laughs> for the first time, the writing club was like super dramatically interesting. Mm-hmm. Or it's always like this. I hope it's always like that. Uh, and Hannah's just like, Kate, no, wait, Kate. And uh, they they just like, you know, give uh, Hannah these just like, boo, like you horrible person looks. And they all walk away without a word. Yeah. Like so, they're, they're just so disappointed in Hannah. Back at Spencer's, Spencer comes down the stairs and finds something horrible, as usual, waiting for her. It is the Jenna thing. She literally hisses when she sees Jenna. She like Jenna's, stops and is like, <laughs> Jenna's chill on the couch, facing the stairs. She has the big old smile on her face. Very smug, yeah. She's like, what are you doing here? And Jenna's like, your mother let me in. I thought we had an agreement, but you don't seem to care about that anymore well when she says your mother let me in spencer like looks around like veronica's nowhere in sight you know she's like what the fuck yeah i i highly doubt my mother let you in well spencer's like what are you talking about and jenna says ian's dead allison's murder's been solved but you're still digging digging like the hungry terror you always reminded me of and spencer's like great i got it now why don't you leave (laughs) she tries to show jenna the door but jenna cuts her off she says i know toby's helping you and then she kind of gets up and goes right out in, into uh, Spencer's face. And she says, I know he was going through my room. You need to stop. What you're doing is dangerous for you and for Toby. And Spencer says, what? You expect him to believe you care about Toby? And Jenna's like, I do care about him. And then Spencer like smirks and she's like, right. Well, I know all about that. Remember? And Jenna's like, well, I guess I've said all I had to say. And Spencer's like, thanks for stopping by, bitch. Uh, and she leans back so Jenna can walk past, and she's like, "Oh, and tell Garrett I said hi." Ooh. <laughs> oh, Spencer, Jenna scenes are so good. Mm-hmm. Like, who who do you think hates each other more, Hannah and Jenna, or Spencer and Jenna? Spencer and Jenna, because I feel like Hannah and Jenna had a more 
violent relationship, but I think like the on pure animosity level, like they they Spencer and Jenna have never had a moment of like understanding between each other. You know, Spencer never rescued Jenna from anything. Yeah, I was saying Jenna literally pulled her from a fire, so that'll buy her a little little pass in mm-hmm. Jenna's world. Um, I really hope there's some good Spencer Jenna in season seven. It's interesting the the relationships that the girls have had individually with these hated uh, uh, pariah women, <laughs> like uh, Emily and Jenna. Like their animosities is interesting to me because Emily is. I can't think of something that Jenna's specifically done to Emily. I mean, other than like coming to warn her about like uh, mm-hmm. Nate Saint Germain and stuff like that, but like. You know, think about like Arya's relationship with Jenna, as complicated as that is, or Arya's relationship with, even with Mona. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so making Mona cry, making Mona cry, but like Mona's like, like we talked about how like Mona's fashion would change after encounters with Arya. It almost seemed like, whereas Arya too would literally come in and see like Jenna crying, you know, or the the thing at the college, Anita. Anita, yes. Ari is always there in like, like the get out, you bitch. <laughs> in the literal darkness that surrounds Jenna and Arya is there watching her at her lowest, um, or her rawest. So outside the dealer's place again, Arya's just chilling there. And then this is when I noticed that her backpack has like metal prongs on it or whatever. Naturally, yeah. Yeah, naturally. Uh so just then Ezra's car pulls up and he gets out and she's like, What are you doing here? And he pops out, ready to go, man of action. I came to get you. Spencer thought thought after you left the grill and and i was like spencer you talked to spencer r.i.p spencer (laughs) he's like she talked to me and she admitted that she knew about us oh real quick real quick before we rush ahead um the way he gets out of the car and he he walks past her to kind of put her himself between her and the house like it's such like a like heroic moment that he's like delivering with his compact car here he's taking charge mm -hmm. man of action yeah um the i'm trying to remember the night in season one, towards the beginning of season one, I believe, Ezra babysat Arya's phone, and there was a text from A about the two of them. Something like that, yeah. And Arya had to admit that somebody in her life knew about them, mm-hmm. and he's just like, well, if A knows, then I'm sure B, B and, and C, C yeah. do. Yeah. So, uh, I guess I'm kind of surprised that Ezra is a little... Like, surprised that anyone else knows? Because, of course, Spencer's going to know. <laughs> yeah, really. Harry's just like, what? She told you about us? Why would she do that? Which is a nice job deflecting, uh, like, Arya there, Ezra. Like, yeah. But we're in this together, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Ezra says, because your friends think this guy Jason is dangerous. Dangerous. And I dangerous. do, too. Dangerous. <laughs> uh, Arya rolls her eyes because she's like, yeah, I, I got this bitch on lock. He's no threat to me. And Ezra says, they told me about the photos. And Arya says, he had a legitimate explanation for the photos. Did he? <laughs> sure. Sure, Arya. Listen to yourself. Listen to the words coming out of your mouth. No, those photos are totally legit. It's cool. Uh, and she says, look, you don't have to worry. He's not a threat. And Ezra's like, he is to me. And it's like, oh, Ezra, that's all she wanted to hear. I mean, you can you can see her face immediately soften when she hears this. It's like, oh, mission accomplished. She's just like, aww. She's like, there we go. That's what I was waiting for. Says, I don't want to lose you. Look, we started out hiding this relationship so we could have one, but if we keeping it a secret is destroying it, then I don't want to keep it a secret anymore. Ari is happy as Pigtunia and shit right now. Mm-hmm. So what are you saying? He says, It's time to tell people about us. I think we should start by telling your parents. 
Mm-hmm. And Arya's like, you want to start it with my parents? Like, no shit, Arya. Do you want to find out from somebody else? Mm-hmm. Uh, Ezra's like, yeah, I think they'd I'd rather hear it from us. So they kiss faces, and the camera slowly pans around to show Jason walking up from the side of the house with, like, a little wooden keepsake box, doing his best, like, soap opera, like, shady glare at them. He's just like, oh, mm-hmm. whoa. Yeah, so Arya sees Jason, and she says to Ezra, I'll be right back. And Ezra's like, okay. So she walks over to Jason, and I feel like Ezra's okay in this moment because mm-hmm. he's he's one. He's established and, his manhood here, yeah. Yeah, which... Man, think about these uh, these gamma guys mm-hmm. arguing over who gets to be a beta boy. Um, or he's like, "Hey," and Jason's like, "Hey," and she's he like hands the box over to her, to her surprise, and she's like, "You're giving this to me?" He's like, "Yeah," and she's like, "Thanks." And super wonderfully awkward. Jason keeps looking over at Ezra, who's not looking at him, and Ari's like, "So I should?" And Jason's like, "Yeah, I know you're unavailable." Well, he says it like. Like sneeringly, like yeah, I get it. You're unavailable. Like boohoo, Jason. It ain't like she didn't warn you, you know. I wanted him to walk past her and start bemoaning to the universe. This town never changes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I but keep getting older, and these high school girls stay the same. He's like glaring at Ezra as Arya walks back to the car, and Ezra totally does this, just like, oh, lady, allow me to open the passenger door for you. The the chivalry, mm-hmm. <laughs> the pure chivalry on display. And Ezra and Jason are just glaring at each other. And Jason looks like super evil here. Yeah, he does. He just keeps staring at them fairly ominously. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I feel like there's like a moment passing between Jason and, and Ezra here where it's just like, I see you've gotten to the underage girl first. You win well, this round. I feel like at some point later on, if he's a human being or smarter or anything above, Ezra's like, Hun, what was the legitimate excuse again for the photos? And Arya's just like, oh, he blamed it on a dead girl. And Ezra's mm-hmm. like, blamed on a dead girl. I gotta use that one in the future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah meanwhile, in a random alley, Jenna thinks... Yeah, where are they? Because we, we spy through a chain-link fence. I, I just assume this is like the one alley in Rosewood that all things well, happen like, in. Does he drop her off at Spencer's? And then he's like, I'll meet you uh, five miles away. <laughs> You can make it there, right? You shadow. Um, so yeah, Jonathan gets into Garrett's like stupid Mustang, which is totally a car a guy in his early twenties would waste money on. Yep. And she says she knows about us. They know about us, and she's looking at yearbooks. It's only a matter of time before they figure it out that they haven't already. And Garrett's like, "What do you want me to do?" And Jenna says, "It's time to talk, Jason." Bum bum bum. Yeah. So Garrett's got. I love their orders. their mysterious dialogue. It's so great. Yeah, Garrett's got his marching orders from his mistress. Uh, it's well, what funny. Do we, di- diegetically, what do we think they're talking about? Like, just that Jenna still thinks Garrett killed Allie? Like, related I, to the NAT club? Maybe, yeah. And whether or not Jason... <laughs> whatever Jason remembers from that. Night. Yeah, yeah, I guess so, yeah. Um, it's just... it's a, The funny the placement of this scene, because... We just had all this Ezria nonsense. And then we tune into like the storyline of like the antimatter Ezria here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, so after the commercial, we're in the Marin kitchen. Hannah comes home. She gets ready to like dive into some pudding cups. And she gets out like a, a four pack of chocolate pudding cups. Yeah. Like and it's about to go ham on them. Pudding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, as she comes in, sees this. This is obviously like an indicator of, of mood. And Hannah, of course, is worried that her dad will have called about today's incident. But he hasn't. Uh, Hannah says that she left the college fair early to try bridesmaid dresses. Ash can tell something's wrong. 
Um, well, you get the the line as she says, "How was it?" And Hannah says, "Not a great fit." Great line. Double meaning. Yeah. So yeah, Ash is concerned. Then they, they get a call from Tom Marin there. And it sounds like from the call that uh, Kate hasn't mentioned anything to her dad about it yet. Mm-hmm. And then Kate wants to talk to Hannah on the phone. So <laughs> Hannah takes the phone. She tries to start apologizing. And then Kate just like drops some ominous shit about training her like she's a wild horse. She has to break. You know training, is a, training a horse is an art. You have to work with the animal. Bending its will until it knows you're its master. Taking all the fight out of it until it's truly broken. Hannah's like, um, in case, like, that's how you're going to feel when I'm through with you. Welcome to the family, sis. I love how, like, halfway through Kate's evil monologue, Hannah kind of, like, rolls her eyes. She's like, oh, yeah, this is a metaphor. Yeah, I get it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Great. Which Thanks. I'm, I'm sure this is how Kate starts all her sex, mm-hmm. too. Uh, so Arya's bedroom. It's now. It's night. Um... Arya's like just chilling, going through the uh, Allison's box. <laughs> um, it's a necklace, of course. And there's a doll. Well, uh, there's oh, a, there's like I, a locket. There's a jar of buttons because that's buttons. definitely a dealerentist thing. There's Which, a creepy doll. I'm amazed that there wasn't a clue in those buttons for mm-hmm. Arya to find. Um, I like how she holds up like a giant earring. I'm like, ooh, yeah. this is something I would wear. She's uh, like, I can make jewelry out of all of this, mm-hmm. all of it. Uh, she really examines that doll again too. Uh, this is what I noticed that she has on some hardcore rings that look like the teen fashion accessory version of brass knuckles. Those are gigantic, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Ella comes to Ari's room. Um, Ella mentions that she made an appointment or made Mike an appointment for therapist that Dr. Sullivan suggested. Ella wants, to talk, wants Ari to talk this idea up to Mike and let him know it's a good idea, that he won't be a loser because of it. It's funny because of the heels. Lucy Hale is like a foot taller than Holly Marine Combs here. Mm-hmm. Um, Ella starts to leave, but then she she brings up that you know earlier in the year there were some rumors about Mr. Fitz being well, involved with a female student. But she doesn't bring it up right away. Like she's about to leave. Like, hey, yeah. you'll talk to Mike. That's cool. And then like, eh, I hesitate to bring this up, but you know, there's some rumors about Fitz. And then we get the classic line: Is there something you want to tell me about Mr. Fitz? Dot dot dot. In Carnival Spencer. emotion. Yeah. <laughs> and Ari's just like face giving everything away. Oh, Arya finds this ludicrous, but it's also appalled. Um, yeah, Ella wants to know there's any truth to it. After all, she saw Spencer and Ezra talking in his car, and it seemed intimate. And Arya's just like, get the fuckity fuck out of here. What? <laughs> um, Arya asks if, if it would be so bad. You well, know, it's so great it's, because there's, not there's only is... the age difference. Yeah, not only is Arya giving everything away with her face here, but then it's like, oh... Maybe I can use this to my advantage and see, like, how cool would Ella be with this? You know? Yeah. Well, it's not like... (laughs) Like, would it be so bad? They're almost the same age. I like that it's not like she actually suspects, you know, her friends, her her boyfriend and her her Mm -hmm. best friend. It's that, uh, it's like the, how dare you look at anything to do with them and perceive them as being an item? Don't you know that we're the OTP? (laughs) We're the most romantic fucking thing ever. Uh, um, she's just so brazen like would it be so bad and ella says she'd be really disappointed and then later she's like you know what i take that back i feel more than disappointed i'd feel betrayed mm-hmm. and Ari's like well gotta hold off on telling the parents just yet then yeah and she shoves the doll back in Allie's box and pushes it away very discouraged like ah her adult fantasy yeah. is smashed to pieces yet again so uh, then later we're in spencer's room Hannah and Emily are there, 
Emily has like filled them in on the creepy massage. And Spencer has, of course, gone and made Emily some tea to feel better because that's what she does. In Hannah's house. This is Hannah's house? This is Hannah's house. No, this is Spencer's house. This is Hannah's house. I don't believe that's true. Well, where do they go in the next scene? Spencer's house, don't they? No. Where do they go in the very next scene? They go down the stairs? They go downstairs. Is this Hannah's house? Okay, yeah, maybe maybe it's just, it's lit so dark, I thought it was Spencer's house. The day bed that that they're on is the clue. Also, mm-hmm. the wallpaper. Um, yeah, so definitely matters. <laughs> well, I just I like that Spencer does all of these things in Hannah's house. Mm-hmm. I will make you tea in Hannah's house. I will answer Hannah's door. And who knows where the fuck Ashley Marin is? She's probably taking the bath salts <laughs> into the bathtub with her for. And I'm gonna take my nightly six hour yeah. bath. <laughs> and I'll be in the bathroom the next four hours. <laughs> Don't bother me. I think uh, she just like box of wine under one arm. <laughs> she goes up the stairs. <laughs> Um, Does she just get like a straw from the box of wine, like a long, like a little plastic straw? I want her in one of those like uh, construction helmets with two bottles of wine strapped either side. <laughs> um, so Emily laments that if she had just looked up today, they would have known who A was. But uh, you know, thankfully with hindsight, we can say that's not really the case. And Hannah's like, "What do the hands feel like, guy or girl?" LOL. Any sense of boobs? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hannah's always asking me. The important questions. Emily thought it was the girl because, you know, she thought it was the hot masseuse, but she's not sure now. Uh, she says that she's had five showers that she's taken already. Um, so mentions that she could use a shower, too, since she now knows that Ian's creepy videos had more than one cameraman. Well, and she's she's pretty skeezed at this idea of more peeping Toms. And she says, what's even creepier is that one of those guys has a gun and a badge, which I love that line. I mean, pretty And a spent. relationship with Jenna. I mean, it's. The power structure of Rosewood can't be trusted. You know, right. one, one of their, uh, you know, malevolent forces against them works for the cops. So the, the cops aren't safe to them now. The only way to top this is like if the new uh, uh, patriarchal figure of threat could be like the mayor mm-hmm. <laughs> or like like a state. I guess I guess it could have been a state senator. State I don't senator, know. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, oh, hear- is this a good time to mention that I've been playing some of uh, my Peter Hastings Midlife Crisis Simulator? I Uncharted 4? I guess it is. How's that working out? Peter Hastings alter ego, Nathan Drake. Uh, my favorite parts in the game so far are definitely when uh, we get like the domestic life of Nathan Drake and his wife. Mm-hmm. Like I just did the part where he calls his wife, obviously lying to her, and like says, like, oh, project got delayed. Like, no, no, don't come out here and visit me. And like she knows she's li- he's lying, and she's sad about it. Oh, Peter now, Hastings, <laughs> you're living a double life and you're lying to everyone. In this sideways PLL universe, is Nathan Drake actually the father of C.C. Drake? Oh, yeah, obviously. Okay. With Mary Drake. Right, right. Okay. So could Mary Drake be from the darkest timeline? Sure. Like, is she going to cut out like a paper mache goatee to hand over to Rick? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fucking Rick, I forgot about him. Yeah, you did. <sighs> so, so anyway, uh, Emily talks about how Garrett's dating Jenna, who hates them all and hated Allie even more. And Spencer's Spencer's beginning to suspect that A is more than one person. Yeah. Maybe a group of people on the same team or the same club. Ooh. And the doorbell rings and Spencer's like, well, Arya's here. I will now go down and get murdered by her. Mm-hmm. 
And Emily is about to call, or she gets a call from Therapy Anne, and then she declines it because, like, nope, not going to talk to you now. Yeah, Hannah can tell something's bothering Emily, but she says nothing. So, in the Marin foyer, uh, Spencer comes down the stairs to answer Hannah's door. Of course, it's Arya. Arya comes Arya in. Arya just marches right in. <laughs> well, initially, full of concern for Emily, which, in retrospect, seems so unlike Arya. And she's just like, hey, how is she? Spencer's just waiting for it. And she's like, she's shaken, but she's still standing. And then they... Well, Spencer, like, she's looking at Arya, like, wincing. And then, yeah, they both just, like, plow in and start talking like motor Spencer's part, she says, be mad, but I stand by my decision. You went rogue. What was I to do? And Arya says some other stuff. And she says, I'm not mad at you. And Spencer says, really? And Arya says, yeah. So she says, good, because I just did it because I was nervous. And you're you're really tiny. And I love you. And Arya's like, I love you, too. And they hug. It's Team Sparia. Team Sparia. It's a great moment. And then Arya says, and besides, I mean, you going to Fitz? It actually turned out to be a good thing. Made him step up. Killing the moment, Arya. No, not for Spencer, though. I not know, but, but for us. For Troyan. For yes. the audience. <laughs> not for Spencer. Yeah, Arya starts like, leading <laughs> up the stairs. Made him step up. Well, the lead, and she goes up the stairs. And Spencer's just like, really? I'm so glad to hear that. And Arya's like, don't be too happy. My mom thinks that you're the one who's hooking up with him now. <laughs> Spencer's like, wait, what? Oh, I forgot how much fun this little side plot was. I kind of wish they dragged this on for like half a season. With like yeah. Ella like spying on uh, Spencer constantly. Yeah, yeah. Well, just the conversation Ella has with Ezra mm-hmm. in episode 12 at the police station. Yeah, yeah. Where she's just like, Spencer's parents are going to tie your arms to one car and your legs to another car. And they're going to drive to separate states. She's they're like, have drive. you met Peter Hastings? Yeah. <laughs> He's going to bury you all over Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, so elsewhere, Jason's just chilling on the porch of his house, being miserable as fuck. God. Well, he's so fucking weird. He's just like sitting on the porch like floor not even a chair just on the ground on the you know floorboards leaning against a pillar being his weird ass self and garrett pulls up in his muscle car he gets out of the car and he's got like a six-pack of shitty canned beer and he like (laughs) and jason's just like i was wondering how long it'd be before you showed like this whole scene is so great it's so weird and like norish you know garrett's like did I drive here? Do I have a car? What are roads? Where does anyone go these days? I don't know. And it says, in Rosewood, all roads seem to lead back to this house. And then <laughs> Garrett offers Jason one of the beers. And Jason just stares at him. And Garrett's an asshole about it. He's just like, sorry. Ah, I forgot. <laughs> Insensitive Garrett. He's he's in recovery. Yeah, so Garrett just sits down on like the bottom step. Like They don't even kind of face each other. You know, He's just like staring out from the porch. He cracks his beer. And Jason's like, so, what's on your mind? Garrett says, I just want to make sure we're still cool, Jason. And Jason says, what does it matter anymore? It's over, right? And Garrett says, I'm a cop now. Matters more than ever. And he's like, by the way, I'm sleeping on your couch. Yeah. And the camera... I'm going to drink this whole six-pack. Yeah, I know. <laughs> You're going to have to drive me home, buddy. Because I'm killing this thing. Not in my car, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> does Jason have a car? It's unclear. Uh, camera pulls back. Cool shot of them. This is like just like you really get the sense of like weird history between them. You know, like yeah. what what horrible thing have you guys done that you're, you're like worried is going to come to light? And yeah. the the score has like playing these creepy high notes. It's a very cool shot. He does later on, Jason, because he drives the Philly to like the heroin den or whatever. Yeah, it is. yeah. Gets the the subs. Um, 
So in the A-tag, we're in Dr. Sullivan's office. We see Ace POV, as usual. Missed these. Oh, it's uh, a pure POV shot. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, Dr. Sullivan comes back into her office, addresses A, and she's like, sorry to keep you waiting. I was trying to reach another patient. Ooh, got a little cold in here. And she, like, grabs, like, a coat or a shawl or whatever, sits in her chair, wraps it around herself. Well, we see like, when she gets her coat that on the coat rack is a black hoodie and some black gloves. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a, a sits back down in a chair across from her as Dr. Sullivan sits down. And Dr. Sullivan's like, all right, so what would you like to talk about? I love the direct into the camera yeah. uh, look that she gives there, yeah. I can just imagine Mona showing up for this this session with, like, a giant potted plant. Well, and, like, what are her therapy sessions like? I bet they're intense. Mm -hmm. I feel like after Mona leaves, Dr. Sullivan just, like, lights a cigarette, stares at the wall. Very angry. Yeah. So that was the episode. A fun episode. I I, uh, eagerly anticipate what Charlie Craig brings to Season 7. Yeah. Um... I feel like some of the stuff that I liked from the 100 might have been his influence. I could be wrong about that. Uh, that's a whole other conversation about the 100, though. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this new season. Um, and just, I I would think that they're going to bring back NAT Club stuff. Or I feel like there's I, like I some wish they would. It just, it's so interesting. It seems like a perfect plot line to pick back up. I feel like there's probably some detail that's missing still. Could be like the benefactor, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, did you have anything else you want? Oh, we should talk about the season seven trailer a little bit. Okay. Uh, I don't know what to say other than that it looks 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 like fun, looks intense, like looks classic. PLO. They may be burying a body or something. Classic PLO. <laughs> yeah. Spencer's on the edge of losing her mind. That's always a good sign. Yeah, yeah. When it ends like this, it's called murder. Which yes. maybe that means that she's dating again. <laughs> Spencer, I'm single now. Just FYI. Spencer's like, I don't hear you. I'm shoveling. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, did you have anything you want to talk about? Oh, so I, uh, like I said, I went to go see Joseph Dory's play in San Francisco yesterday. Um, I won't go into too much. I mean, if you ever like Joseph Doherty on the show, you would love this play. It's it's a two-person play starring David Strathairn and a guy named Dan Clegg. It's, it's really good. It's hilarious in places. It's uh, so dark and sad and, and touching in other places. Um, afterwards, I was lucky enough to joke with him about what the movie would look like, just because of nothing else. The problem with a play is that you experience it, and then you leave, and then it resonates with you. And a movie you can go back and revisit, you know, multiple times. And, and I kind of wish I could do that with this play. But then I kind of joked that, uh, well, really what should happen is that it should be performed still like years from now. Uh, so if you're in San Francisco in the next three weeks, I highly recommend going to see it. The other thing is not to throw them under the bus, but it looks like we'll be doing another round table with Heather and Jacob. Um, just going to finalize the schedule and that, but think about two weeks from now. So if you have what questions, you mean throwing them under the bus, well, haven't quite firmed up okay. the details with them. Um, it's not throwing I, them under the bus. Yeah. I'm just Tentatively, we've all, we've we got a roundtable coming soon. Interest. It's just, you know, yeah. I don't want to, you know, put the pressure on them now to like, when people send them mm-hmm. questions that make them, you know, anyway. So probably two ish weeks. So if you have questions, email us, tweet us, whatever you need to do. We're looking forward, you know, of course, talking about PLL some more, especially before the new season, which, which is, is right around the corner. Yeah. It's three weeks, I think, about. Yeah. Like 22 days as we record mm-hmm. this. 
coming soon. Can't wait. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did get a few reviews during the off season. I uh, wanted to thank our U.S. listeners: uh, Witter Wife, Darkest Timeline, Chelly Bean Eighteen, Hello Eco, Super Slaw, Esme's HP Seventy Nine Thirty Five, Brittany Loren, Catherine O'Clock, and Lene Bear. Thank you to all of them. They all left us five star reviews in iTunes. Very much appreciated. If you want to do that, we'd certainly love it. Uh, you can reach us at BrosWatchPLL2 on Twitter. Our website page is BrosWatchPL2.com. And we will be back probably in a couple weeks to do a roundtable and then the season premiere. Let us know what you thought of the format, the, you know, summarized scenes. Let us know your feelings on that. And uh, we'll be back soon. Yeah. See you then. Bye-bye. Bye.